Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Friday. Yes. Yes. Thank it's you. Friday. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Cheers. <laughs> it's a drinking day and then and then Pat's the good one as usual. Yeah. <laughs> Morals and all that. OK, whatever, Pat. Uh, all right, Stu, what's your top story if you can stop talking about basketball long enough to actually do a show? Uh, well, the top story is basketball, unfortunately for you. <laughs> now, uh, top story is uh, Donald Trump. He's in uh, he's in trouble. He said some bad things to George Stephanopoulos, and he's inviting election interference in 2020. I mean, I can't believe he did it. We're going to actually look at how much of that he actually did. Okay. All right, Pat. Communists are coming out of the woodwork, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, we'll Is get it? into that discussion. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's great. Huh. It's okay. great. Okay. It's a really good system. It's a really, Communism really good system. Are you sure you haven't been yeah. drinking? Uh, pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> What's I've that? been drinking this. <laughs> All right, Jason. Um, Glenn has talked a lot about deep fakes. He's shown a lot about it. I talked about, you know, the, you know the, the threat that they pose, you know, going forward. But it might have an unintended consequence or benefit to those of us that are afraid that our voices are being silenced on social media online platforms. All right. Uh, obviously, a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, so if you're in the market for a refinance, home loan, you know, whatever the case may be, these are the people that you can turn to that you're, you know that they're not going to be in it for themselves. Um, they're salary based, not commission based. So they're not in it to get you a good deal so that they can make a certain kickback. Uh, you know, from the financial institution. They're in it really, truly to help you. Stu, you had a really great experience with them as well when you were looking um, for a, a home loan. Yeah. Well, turned I, out that you wanted something too crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, it's funny. It, but, I mean, that was one of the best parts about it is that they were, they took the time to actually explain it. I mean, like, no one knows what these things mean. Let's be honest about it. They could, they, I, mean, if, I mean, a mortgage company, that, a lot of times, the reason why Glenn, you know, hasn't endorsed any other mortgage company other than American Financing is because, you know, they can, it's like jewelry. Like, they can tell you whatever. You have no idea what's in there. Like, is it a cubic zirconium? Is it a real diamond? I don't know. <laughs> the same thing with mortgages. They can tell you anything. But they took the time to really explain it and show, you know, here's the positives of the way, you know, probably a sane person would go. Here's the negatives of all of the things you're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they were able to explain it. And, and it, it was, it, they made it easy to make a decision. Yeah. So you can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. All right. Donald Trump. Obviously, very treasonous yes, uh, behavior. Yes, we've learned this, yes. Uh, George Stephanopoulos did an interview. It was spent 30 hours with the president over two days, which has to be more of George Stephanopoulos than anyone can handle. I mean, even his own family is going to be like, all right, 30 hours is enough. Good to see you, Dad. Um, but uh, so George Stephanopoulos does this interview. I, you know, it's an interesting approach, first off, that Trump is doing this. He has not done an interview with really anybody who's been critical of him in a really long time. I mean, he's done Fox News. He occasionally will do one of these did him all the time in the primary. I mean, he was on CNN, MSNBC. People forget how often he was with every reporter uh, back in the primary days. Kind of shut that off as it went into the general, has really cut back on it since he's been president. There's been a few, you know, he's done some New York Times stuff here and there. Um, but this one's interesting. He's going out and he's kind of launching his new campaign. I think he wants to get back in the, in the mix here because this is really what he likes. He likes fighting it out. So, of course, obviously, he does an interview with a mainstream media source. They pull out um, a quote and say that he's done something horrible. This time it was him talking about how if he was able to get information from a foreign government that was, you know, uh, dirt on his opponents, he would take it. So there's a couple layers to this. I think, first of all, you know, you have this situation where uh, one of Trump's kind of pushbacks on this is they're just taking the whole thing out of context. That's, you know, that's not what he said. So let's watch the entire thing in context and then we'll talk about it. I've seen a lot of things over my life. I don't think in my whole life I've ever called the FBI. 
in my whole life. I don't, you don't call the FBI. You throw somebody out of your office, you do whatever Al you Al Gore got a stolen briefing book, he called the FBI. Well, that's different, a stolen briefing book. This isn't a stolen, this is somebody that said, we have information on your opponent. Oh, let me call the FBI. <laughs> Give me a break. Life doesn't the work FBI that way. The FBI director says that's what should happen. The FBI director is wrong. Your mm -hmm. campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI. If I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right? They come up with oppo research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. <laughs> I love how he's like dis discovered this term, oppo research. <laughs> oppo research. Oppo research. It's a brand new term. Um, so to go over the disclaimers there, okay, he didn't just say I would take it. He said he would throw someone out of his office if there was something if wrong. He said he would call the FBI but only after he figured out if there was something wrong, right? Like, I mean, in theory, could someone come to you and say, well, here, we have information on your opponent. Uh, she voted for a tax bill in 1994. Well, there's nothing, I mean, you might even tell the FBI just to be like, I don't know why they're telling me this, but there's, you know, that's just basic information. Um, he also said he would do both. He might listen and call the FBI. He, you know, he talked about how it was Norway, who's not, not really a threat to us. And, uh, you know, uh, he said if something was wrong, then he would go to the FBI. Bottom line here is what he's saying is the second someone contacts you, you don't just immediately run to the FBI, which is relatively, a, you know, it's generally speaking a fair point. I mean, I think there's a line there where obviously if like Vladimir Putin calls up and says, I have, you know, the emails of Hillary. Yes. OK, you go right to the FBI. But if it's, you know, like in a normal conversation, people are talking to you about obviously something that's a big issue in your life, your reelection campaign. Probably people are suggesting things, lines of attack, ways to go and, and defeat your opponent. Uh, if it's something bad, you go to the FBI. I mean, I think if, you know, you don't call the FBI every 10 seconds. Now, that, is that the right thing to do? It's kind of a separate question. But it's a rational viewpoint for a person to have. He's not saying I'm going to take, you know, information that's, you know, damaging to my opponents from foreign governments without any qualification. Um, and that's kind of what they're saying. So there are some disclaimers there. I think there's a real point to be said about Donald Trump of like, you know, you need to know how this would be viewed. A lot of times he just doesn't seem to think about those things at all. But I think that kind of goes to the, what the fundamental problem with the media analysis on this is. It's like they're trying to make it look like Donald Trump is inviting, you know, foreign invasion into our elections. He's saying he wants this information. He wants our enemies to do these things and, and display them to him. And in reality, can we be honest about it? What Donald Trump is doing, this has been his position from the beginning. When he was first uh, accused of having these meetings uh, at Trump Tower and taking this information, his, uh, his immediate reaction was, well, of course I'd take the information. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, if it was bad or something untawdry, then I would do something about it. But, I, you know, I, I want to hear what's going on. Everyone takes uh, information for, about their opponents. So, like, that was his position back then. He's just repeating it. This is the same thing he's been saying the entire time. And if you wonder why he's repeating it in the middle of an interview, the answer is not because he's trying to invite foreign influence. The, the answer is he's already said it, and he's not going to change his mind because the media asked him about it. He's more concerned with not giving the media 
credit that he was wrong before. Because mm-hmm. if he said, well, I would not take it this time, they would say, well, we told you that before, and you said it was okay to take information. So he's more concerned in that, about that dynamic than any information that could come from Russia or China. He just doesn't want to give a win to George Stephanopoulos. It's how he views all these media interactions. It's got nothing to do with a massive... You know, like they're talking about treason. They're talking about impeachment. They're talking about charges against him for these comments. It's just Donald Trump, you know, going against the media yet again. It's how he views all of these fights. It's a, it's a media battle. I'm going to win it in the moment. It's all throughout the Mueller report. Uh, it's all when he's talking and he's in there saying he's lying. He's lying because he wants to beat the media, not because he cares about the investigation. It's just a, another tired attempt to try to make this gigantic controversy out of something that is really avoidable, yes, for Trump. I mean, he could have just said, look, you know, after all of this, obviously I wouldn't take it just because I don't want to hear about it again. Like, that's the easy answer. But Trump doesn't want to give even one-tenth of a point to someone he's being interviewed by. And it's understandable, I think, to most people. Well, well, just really quickly, um, where was this concern over the Steele dossier yeah. that was commissioned and financed by the Clinton campaign and the DNC. And again, I mean, that, that came from a foreign source, right? He went to mm-hmm. Russia and got this information and brought it back. I don't recall any, you know, claims of, you know, treasonous behavior on Clinton's part for going and getting information from a foreign source. So yeah. it's interesting to me. And I will say, too, uh, you know, I, I'm somewhat critical of people who basically say deep state anytime anyone criticizes Donald Trump, right? Like, I, I, I don't think a lot of those arguments are legitimate. We've talked about them a hundred times on the show. But the idea that, like, this is a very pure example. The Hillary Clinton campaign paid an intermediary to get research that was provided by a foreign agent who was researching people in for, through a foreign land and a foreign government. Like, it is absolutely, they're not, their legitimate claim is, well, we didn't know this, this, this firm that we paid that had people like Anita Dunn working at it. And it's not like these are just like random lawyers and, and stuff. These are like massive figures in the Democratic Party that they went and they got foreign information about someone else. Like the, the, the idea is that they asked for it and it was presented to Trump and Trump said yes. Right. Like and Trump did say, you know, not and it was Donald Trump Jr. who wanted that first meeting. Um, But like, you know, they didn't get anything out of it. They actually did get something out of it on the Hillary Clinton side. They paid for it. They asked for it. Mm -hmm. It was not it was a foreign source plus a foreign government. And that is like legitimately thrown out there as if it's one of these sort of like MAGA hat points. That's like, oh, of course, you're going to say it's Hillary. Yes, a lot of times I think people who are defending Trump just throw the word Hillary out there as if it's, you know, just like an automatic defense to it. But, like, if you really have a problem with him taking information from foreign governments, you have to have a problem with the Steele dossier and how it was prepared. Um, So two things on this. I've heard this reported like a gazillion different ways. The first way was that, oh, my gosh, Trump said that he would listen if, if a foreign government came with him with dirt on his opponent. And that was just ridiculous to me. And so, I mean, just actually game through that for a second. Let's say during the election, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and his intelligence head in the Mossad comes to him and say, hey, this Bernie Sanders guy, we've got, you know, there's payments that he, you know, mm-hmm. gave to Hamas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Every president in the history of forever is going to listen to that information. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's absolutely stupid. And every candidate. So that is yeah. a non-talking point to go, oh my gosh, he would listen? Of course right. he would listen. He would He's, be derelict of duty if he didn't. Yeah. He's just honest about it. Yep. Whereas the rest wouldn't be. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So, you know. but, the, but, the, but the thing that's kind of stupid is the whole FBI thing. 
Like, it's, I guess his political unawareness is kind of staggering at times. Like, every president would probably uh, listen to the information, would take it in immediately, whatever it was, and this is what he should have said in the interview, yeah, of course I'd give it to the FBI. Of course. Then it gets leaked later and the information comes out anyway. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. And that's how it's always worked. It's just that he... I don't know. He, like, he, a lot of times you're like, just no, don't say that. Just <laughs> shut up yeah. well, for a couple seconds. It's partially, I think, you know, defending his kid, right? Like his kid yeah. was in this interaction and didn't do that. So if well, he says, and he was yes, talking about he, that at, yeah, the, he was talking at the beginning about, yes, of that was. interview, he mm-hmm. was defending him. Yeah, he was saying, uh, you know, my son's a good guy and like this is ridiculous. And I, look, I, I think he also doesn't want to be seen as, you know, one of the things you'll always notice about Trump is he doesn't want to be seen as making a mistake. He, like people used to say to us all the time, well, uh, you know, we would bring up something like he wanted this tax thing and you know when he ran in 2000 which you know okay you're looking at his history like he ran for the reform party he ran as a real liberal like these are, are important things and people would say well no he's changed his mind on that and it's like well he's never admitted he's changed his mind on it like he never said like i used to think high tax high wealth taxes which elizabeth warren is currently proposing those things were good and now i think they're bad like he's just all he said was well i mean that was when the deficit was a different size like he never because that's that's not because i think in reality he actually has changed his mind on it but that is not a it's not a thing that trump can do is admit i used to think this and i was wrong then and i'm right now like he has to be right the whole time it's just part of his persona and like it's it's so the thing that pisses me off about these situations all the time is the media knows that mm-hmm. they know exactly they know they can translate trumpian by now it's they act shocked by these things i can't believe what he's saying you know exactly what he's doing he, of course yes he would he would have a conversation but i mean if russia came to him and was like look you know this uh, they're trying to plant information and they're doing these things like generally speaking you know especially now of course he would go to the fbi he's never going to admit it to george stephanopoulos though <laughs> like he thinks about these things differently to him the bad thing would be admitting mm-hmm. the the politically correct thing to say mm-hmm. like that like if he went and he switched that's the weakness to him where everyone else on earth has the opposite view i understand why they have the opposite view at times but you know he's this has obviously worked Fairly well for him. He's the president of the United States. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. I would only take uh, information from Antarctica. If they yeah, came and they had information. Before we get back into the conversation and hear about how awesome communism is, I guess, we want to thank our sponsor, Cruise Through History. So there is a really awesome cruise taking place in spring 2020 um, that you guys really need to be a part of. Stu's going to be going. Um, it's all along the eastern Mediterranean. So what's, it's Jerusalem, Venice, Croatia, Greece. Greece. Did I miss Israel? any? Israel. Yeah. Oh, I said Jerusalem. But, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is it Jerusalem? I think it's in Israel. I don't think it's Jerusalem, though. But okay. it, uh, either way, it's going to be awesome. You're going to get all, like, they kind of did it as, in a cool way, like the beginnings of commerce, the beginnings of, you know, certain types of thought, the beginnings mm-hmm. of faith. Like, it's all the entire sort of history. You're, I mean, cruise through history sort of really does explain it well. And cruise explains it well, too, because it's not just like you're on a boat and then, like, occasionally Glenn comes out and says something about history. No. An entire cruise. And cruises are fun no matter where you go. So you get a fun cruise. You get an amazing, it's like an amazing Italian cruise line. Like real Italian food, authentic Italian food, like great, you know, 
beach and or, uh, pools and you know bars and all the fun stuff that you like from cruise. But then you get all the really cool history stuff too. So you get the fun, you get the the history. It's going to be a really cool package. And then you know, on top of that, you get to gain like ten pounds from all of the oh, awesome if Italian I gain food. Only ten pounds on this trip. I'm very disappointed <laughs> myself. I expect to sink the ship. I'm going to eat so much. <laughs> um, you can go to comesailaway.com to pick your package. They've got a bunch of different options uh, that you can pick from. So you can go to comesailaway.com for details. Make sure to mark your calendars and go book it. All right, Pat, you said communism is is good. Well, we should embrace it. Uh, yes. Um, okay. At, at least if you're to listen to some of the people who are being elected to office lately. Um, it, it's kind of amazing because Glenn, what, seven or eight years ago, predicted that eventually they'll just take their mask off and just start admitting it. Ah, yeah, we're communists. We're socialists. And, and they're doing exactly that. And it's because, as he said, they'll just say that well, this system doesn't work. Why not? Why shouldn't we? we? We'll go to a system that treats everybody equally. That's the whole thing that just about every Democrat who's running for president right now is saying. Then we had uh, this wonderful woman. Uh, her name is um, mm, her name is Candy uh, DeBaca, mm. who ran for city council in Denver, Colorado, and um, she made a little statement before people voted, and uh, it was it was kind of an interesting <clears throat> statement. Here's what she had to say. Do we have that? Okay, they don't have anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you recreate it? You can do live TV, people. Well, she talked about she talked about how com- uh, how the capitalism doesn't work, and that it's been failing, um, and it, everybody knows it's failing, and so now it's time to um, uh, for the government to take ownership of mm. the means of production. I mean, she just wow. She just spouted Karl Marx, and uh, she was elected. Um, after the speech, she she won the runoff. Oh my gosh. Won the runoff. Where's this? And Denver, Colorado. Wow. She's now a city councilman. She said she will bring about communism by any means necessary. <gasps> no. Oh, just by any means necessary. By any means necessary. <laughs> mm-hmm. You talk about taking the mask off and just saying it. it. It's. But the more frightening part of this, I think, are the people voting for her. Because if you don't know by now, the capitalism has been the greatest system in the history of this planet. And has pulled more people out of poverty than anything else in the history of this planet. Uh, And that we became the nation we are, the the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, because of capitalism. What do you mean it doesn't work? What are you you talking about? It doesn't work and we all know it doesn't work. It's even brought communist countries out of poverty. China would not be what they are now without capitalism. (laughs) Right. They brought... Almost 600 million people now out of poverty because of capitalism. Right. I, it's, it's so easy to see that capitalism is the one that works, and it's communism that has failed everywhere it's been tried. Communism and socialism fails every single time. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was listening to an uh, interview with a Republican pollster who was uh, talking about like what Republicans need to know for 2020 going forward, and a few, few really interesting things in there. Number one, they said... All the panels they talk to, the number one person who defines the Democrats, these are from normal people, um, 
overwhelmingly Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. That's what they think. That's what the average person wow. thinks of the Democrats. That's an incredible wow. blessing for Republicans. Wow. Like, if you can get the American people... I mean, Republicans have been trying to convince the American people that Democrats are socialists for 100 years. Yeah. Right. Like, and now Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has just handed them this on a silver platter. Uh, yeah, we are socialists, and they just say it. And it's, I mean, that's an incredible moment. And, you know, they, he also talked about how, like, it really depends on who they run. And, like, if, you know, People, look, Joe Biden is no moderate, but people perceive him as a normal Democrat where they perceive Bernie Sanders, you know, Elizabeth Warren as this sort of far leftist. And it really does depend on who they select as to how, you know, uh, competitive this thing's going to be. Although even Biden has adopted um, universal health care. Even Biden wants Medicare for all. Which is socialized medicine. Mm-hmm. Does he want Medicare for all? You, yeah. You probably, he, he has said if we're going to have, that was the whole thing um, the other day when he said we're going to have uh, socialized medicine. So, of course, the government is going to pay for abortions. The, the Hyde oh. Amendment thing is amazing, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that, because I mean, here's, here's something that isn't even overwhelmingly a popular stand among Democrats. I think the polling on it is like 55-37 in support <coughs> of public funding for abortion okay. among Democrats. Wow. It's unpopular among independents and obviously Republicans. So this is a stance that's going to hurt him in the general. The idea that he feels he needs to change that. I mean, 55-37 among Democrats is not a position you need to change. Right. Right. But right. The, the his advisors are all telling him change, change, change. And... Uh, uh, he did. He's listening, which is amazing. Did you see the uh, the lineup of who made the first Democratic yes. debate? And it's like they almost didn't have enough room in the graphic to put everyone's <laughs> picture. <It's> amazing. <laughs> 20 of them. The 20 yeah. are in, a few and are out. I think it said it started at 9 Eastern. Like, the thing's going to go on until 2 o'clock in the morning. How Easily. <laughs> why are they starting this, it so this late? Is the Mad- this is the Maddow moderated? Yeah, is that Maddow, Maddow and like a host of others too there's going to be some hardball questions oh, oh you know it's it's going to be tough you know it well hopefully so she's at least pushing them to the left make them admit you know they're crazy what's their global warming <clears throat> thing cost like what make joe biden say that he wants to spend but five will trillion dollars will she do that i, I don't know I don't, I, don't know. I don't know. She wants to, I think, the same way that if we were moderating a debate, right, like, I wouldn't want to ask him, like, what do you think about impeachment? I'd want to know, like, okay, like, hey, you know, here's a libertarian stance versus a conservative stance, which one are you going to? Mm-hmm. Like, there'd be, th- and I think Maddow is a legitimate, basically, a socialist, so she's got to care about how left these people are. I would not be surprised to see her at least push the moderates. Maybe. You know, and, and that could be positive, because... Wait, and the moderates them, would be... I know. I can't. I'm, I use quotes whenever I say moderate with the Democratic Party. Don't we know that? I'm using air quotes. But I mean, seriously, who do you well, think I they mean, perceive to be moderate? Biden, for yeah. one. I mean, number one for sure. I think Klobuchar. Klobuchar yeah. I think um, you know. And then there's people down the list like Delaney and Tim Ryan. And well, and Hickenlooper is Bolton. Yeah, He's been Hickenlooper. I don't think Bolton made socialism. the first one. Uh, Moulton didn't. You're right. Um, uh, Bennett did, however. Yes. Um, Hickenlooper did. Um, you know. So I mean, the only ones who didn't are are uh, Steve Bullock. Yep. Wayne Messam. Yep. Seth Moulton. Seth Moulton. I have Williamson's in. Williamson's in. in. Yes. That's going to be fun. She's in. Williamson's <laughs> in. This is, this is Sarah's chosen Democrat. I think she's voting Williamson if she has to vote. Gun to her head, she's voting Williamson. Gun to my head that I have to vote Democrat? Yeah. Absolutely. I think I'm going Yang. I think I'd go really? Yang. I think in a spot, if I had to vote for a Democrat, I'd vote Yang, I think. You want that extra thousand bucks a month? Right? I do. I yeah. do. I know. No, I think, but because you respect him, because he has well thought out. Yeah, he's he well, very well thought out. For everything. So we will yeah. slide into socialism, but at least he's yes. thought it. At least he's <laughs> thought about it a little yeah. bit. And some of his stuff, I think he, the reason why I know Andrew Yang is not going to win is because he occasionally says things that are sensible. 
that's not a plausible thing <laughs> to do in the Democratic Party right now. You should not be making sense to me at all. He also he also actually has civil discourse with the right. Yeah, which, which is, is also not again. Allowed. You can't go on Dave Rubin's show. You can't go on. You can't go on. <laughs> Who is ben not Shapiro's on the right, show. by the way, like, Dave yeah, Rubin? I know, I know, I know. But they but they think he is. What about you guys? Yeah, you had gun to, to pick, your head. Had to pick gun to your head. Had to pick a Democrat to vote for in here. Biden, straight up. Biden. He really? really? He knows what he can and can't do. He's played the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's going to change. We know exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be the Obama era, which probably means, besides the Obamacare thing, which was a disaster and a complete, what but the heck. Survivable disaster. Right. right. But you know exactly what we're going to get. And it's nothing that can't be undone in the next okay. presidency. I might go with the only one who has sworn off socialism, and that's Hickenlooper, who said, you know, Medicare for all is not. It's not feasible. Mm-hmm. Uh, college for all, free college is not feasible. None of these things, none of these programs work. They cost too much. I might go with him. Interesting. interesting. All right, back in a minute. Four different ones. Yeah. I've already had two. We asked Mike Lee who he thought the best in the Constitution was, and he said Klobuchar. Yeah. Which I thought was, that was surprising. Oh, yeah. That group. Before we go, before we go into overtime, is Elizabeth Warren, is she having a moment? Oh, I think so. She's having a moment. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. she's, I mean, Which is terrifying. And she, very mm-hmm. terrifying. Very I, terrifying. She's, a, she's luckily specifically designed for Donald Trump to defeat. So, like, she's like a robot out of a factory for chosen Donald Trump opponents. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> it just shocked positive. me, though. I mean, you, you go around telling people that you're Native American and lying about it on forms, and then yeah. you get completely busted. And the media actually picked up on that story. Yep. Still. She did it early Fine. enough, though, that it's faded it's now. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. feel like it's, it's a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, make sure to tune into blazetv.com for overtime. It starts now. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Okay, during the break, I'm sorry, my top story, I just found out that my son got MVP of golf camp. Nice. Shout out to him. Oh, very Yay. nice. Very Proud nice. mom, sorry. All right, Jason, continue. Uh, your top story, deep fakes. Yeah, um, so the House Intelligence Committee did a, uh, did a hearing yesterday. It was the first one they've done on AI and deep fakes. And this audience is aware of deep fakes. They're getting crazy good. I think the two funniest ones I saw recently was somebody exchanged Sylvester Stallone or uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for Sylvester Stallone in Terminator 2. That was hilarious. Huh. <laughs> um, the other one was uh, Jon Snow in, uh, apologizing in character uh, for season 8 of Game of Thrones. I just saw that <laughs> one today. It was hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Incredible. Some of them are bad, right? Like Some of them are yeah. obviously like, it, they're, they're too easily to discern you know, if they're real or not. But some of them are getting really dang good. The Kim Kardashian one was excellent. excellent. And yeah. That one, I couldn't even notice it. I didn't know. So I was walking past um, the think tank when you guys were showing it. And that's, it's all windows, right? So I could see the monitor. I just thought it was Kim Kardashian. I had no idea until last night. When my husband said, uh, no, that was actually a deep fake. Yeah. had a good impression of her, too, which yeah. I, mean, I think, because I just don't know her voice that well. But to me, it, it faked. It, it's an interesting way of looking at it from a political viewpoint, because so many people don't know what these people sound like, right? Like, to me, I just don't. I mean, I've obviously heard Kim Kardashian speak before, but, like, I couldn't tell the difference at all. To me, that was just her voice. You don't spend a lot of time watching. Apparently not enough. I need to get I need <laughs> my, my intake. But, I mean, like, that was just, like, just looked like her saying that when she was bashing, like, basically herself and, like, saying she was manipulating people online and stuff. Yeah. And it was like straight out, like looked crazy, crazy to me. 
Um, well, Glenn's been pointing out for, for the longest time, really, just about like, look, look, look how this is pretty soon. We're not going to be no, we're not going to know what's real. Mm -hmm. um, we're automatically eventually going to not only will we not be able to know what's real, but eventually it'll get be, be, become so, I guess, the norm that even if you do do something bad, someone gets video of you. You can just claim, hey, it's a yeah. deep fake. It really yeah. wasn't me. Yeah. You know, so you're, we're kind of screwed either way on this. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, so the House Intelligence Committee, at first, I thought they were going to concentrate on like foreign governments. Like, yeah, it was bad in the last election, you know, with Twitter and Facebook and everything. But with deep fakes entering the fray, and instead of just accusing Hillary of things, they can just show a deep fake of Hillary doing them on on camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I thought they were going to concentrate really on that. They had the people that were uh, testifying. There was a law professor, which I couldn't really figure out why she was there at, at the beginning. Uh, there was some. Guy with a British accent that apparently was a, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, he knew all about AI. He didn't really talk that much. And there was another guy, a former DARPA guy, and a former FBI guy. And the DARPA guy, the FBI guy, and the law professor all talked the most. Mm -hmm. Now there were some interesting things that uh, about you know just kind of like the threat of deepfakes, which which was interesting to, to to hear. But I was surprised that the majority of the conversation kept going to Section 230 of the Decency Act. They kept going back to that. And every single person on the panel, they always pivoted, well, pretty much always pivoted back to Section 230. Like, how do we hold people responsible for this? So, like, if, if uh, someone makes it, if, if Pat makes a deep fake and, uh, like, you know, having Stu doing something stupid, he'll be responsible for it. You, you know? don't need a deep fake for that. <laughs> <laughs> that would just happen. That's a good point. That That's a good point. <laughs> um, he, Pat would be responsible for it, but what about the platform? Would the platform they release it on, YouTube, Twitter, whatever, would they be responsible for it? Because of, as of right now, they're not responsible for it. So people could just post all this stuff on platforms all, all they want, and that's what they kept saying. So what do we do about that? Well, the DARPA, uh, the guy that used to be at DARPA said, look, that we have the technology right now to decipher if these things are deep, or, or, or fakes, as it is right now. Mm -hmm. He said the problem is that they're like either intelligence organizations, uh, government organizations, or like, you know, high-tech companies like Google or whatever, they have the software to say, hey, the AI screwed with this and it's fake. But no one's sharing that. Like media outlets, they, they don't have this technology. So they can come out really quickly and say, hey, this is fake. Right. Kind of like the Pelosi vid. Um, they don't have uh, um, social media companies, they don't have this technology. Or Google, or Google might have it. I don't know. But most of these companies do not have this stuff. So they were kind of discussing the fact like, well, if we're going to continue to allow them this immunity, Shouldn't we go in and amend 230 to say, look, if you don't put like a little button on there, you know, that says, you know, every time there's a video, you can click that button. And it'll tell you, yes, this is real or fake or not. Or instantly, once it goes through their system, the software uh, checks the, 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 um, the video and it'll flag it immediately and say, this is fake or it won't let you show it. Mm -hmm. They said that the technology is there. They do with copyrights all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which is which really amazing. We were talking about this before. Like right now, if you try to like I tried to post a video with uh, of, the, of the Olympics, like an Olympic broadcast from like the 60s within like two minutes. It was instantly taken down just off the algorithm wow. because the Olympics is so hardcore on their uh, on, on copyright infringement. Wow. But they can't do that for deep fakes, which is absolutely baffling to me. I, I don't understand. And the impact is obviously huge of this stuff. I mean, Glenn's talked about this a lot. But I mean, if you think about the most damaging video to Donald Trump since he came into the political world, you didn't even see his face. He's walking on the inside of a bus talking about, you yeah. know, uh, all, what was that show, Access Hollywood, mm -hmm. right? And you didn't even see him. All you heard was his voice. 
I mean, imagine if you had, you know, think of the Vladimir Putin, Donald, uh, uh, Barack Obama video, or excuse me, it was Medvedev, right? He was, yeah. And he was leaning over and talking about Putin. Mm-hmm. Like, that is something that would be easily uh, able, able to be manipulated. Um, and, you know, if, you know if once they get these voices down, and those are coming a long way as well, like, this could really move people. I mean, we've seen situations, there's been situations in, like, places like India where they, they will talk about, like, you know, kids being stolen um, and they have, like, you know, a PSA was made to don't let your kid get stolen out of the back of your car or whatever. And so, they, but they, people just reused the video already shot and, like, changed the context of it and made it look like this one group was responsible for it. And there were people who got murdered because they, the people, you know, rioted in their, in their uh, towns and went and found the people who they thought were responsible and killed them. I mean, like, wow. that's, and that's crap. Like, that's taking a PSA and just repurposing it. Imagine if you could find something that was, you know, really convincing that these things actually existed. It, it is a scary world because, look, I mean, you know, we don't trust Facebook now to tell us what's fake news and what isn't. They're telling us that, you know, the blaze is fake news or, you know, they're telling us that David you know, J. Harris is a fake news. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to trust them. People are not going to trust them when they say, and Nancy, if Nancy Pelosi gets deep faked and is a good one. They're not going to, our audience is not going to believe Facebook when they say it's not real. And the same yeah. thing for the other side. They're not going to believe when the Trump thing that isn't real, you know, is, it's really a deep fake. They're not going to believe Facebook. They're not going to believe YouTube. And, and the committee br- actually brought that point up. They said, even if, uh, e- even if we explore this and we kind of put some regulations on some of these companies and say, look, if you want to continue to have Section 230 immunity, that um, you, you know, you have to, you have to be quick to say, hey, this is fake or this is real or, or whatever in your enforcement with it. But there, but so I can't remember who it was, but one of the congressmen said, well, but humans make the algorithms that they flag this stuff for. You know, like, so how can we trust them? Right. Like, it, it, like if, if Stu posts a World of Stu video and they instantly say, no, this is a fake, this is not real, this is fake news or whatever. Like, you have to explain to us right. why... You, you're calling this fake. You have to explain, like Pinterest, like why are why do you say Ben Shapiro is a white supremacist and you're censoring him, or why are you banning or, live action and calling them pornography? Pornography group, right? Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. Like we can all agree, I think, at this point that that there's that they're definitely left biased and they're mm-hmm. get, they're silencing conservative or right leaning voices. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just doing it. But at the same time, they have. But they have unlimited protection from the government. They can do whatever they want. Well, that, that's what was interesting to me on, the, on this on, on, uh, during this thing because I didn't even know if they were even thinking about this. Like, or will they go in at some point and amend 230 or just get rid of 230? But it kind of sounds like they're looking at amending it. So keeping it in place, which means, I mean, if, if you just took away the immunity, Twitter would probably go away. Yeah, all because these social networks would have to go away. They'd would go under. Make me and Pat happy. I don't think it would make anyone else happy. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they couldn't keep up with the lawsuits. They, they just couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that probably, that, I mean, the more I think about it, that sounds like the path forward. And that kind of sounds like what they're thinking about is just going and tweaking the language. And they talked a lot about making sure that, you know, they had, they had to prove reasonable, can't remember the exact words, but uh, they had to prove a... Reasonability and and you know and their reason and their uh, their methods for censoring certain things or taking certain things down. But all of this was going through the path of the deep fake and AI, you know, you yeah. know the mm-hmm. channel, which I thought was really really interesting. But it sounds like that is on the horizon. So they are they are actually talking about it, and we probably will see something you know along those lines. But in the meantime. There's nothing wrong with, like, seriously, we do have a, people have laughed about this. I've seen on social networks, mostly leftists, but we do have a free market. We can do something about it. Jordan Peterson, I just saw, is uh, starting up his own social media network. They're in beta testing right now. I think it's called ThinkSpot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ThinkSpot. Uh, they're in beta testing right now. I think it has Peter Thiel backing it and a few other people. But really, I mean, why are we throwing all of our eggs into one basket? 
which historically that, that does kind of that is kind of how it starts, you know, like Edison or you know Bell or whatever. But eventually, these these giants, these you know monopolies, uh, sometimes even Standard Oil, eventually they just kind of fall apart. They fall apart because innovation. They get too fat and happy. Innovation stops, and somebody else picks up the pieces, and a new one rises. I mean, I do understand though the the thought process that. Okay, yeah, we have a free market, but it's not like it's easy to just go in and start a giant social media company that, I mean, you look at Facebook and, okay, he was the first one to do it, right? But now that it's already been done several times, I mean, you, it would take a lot, a, a very wealthy person all right, of them to go started in and, as, and do that. But all of them started smaller than that, right? Right. I mean, no, 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 they did. But yeah. again, that was... When it was first on the horizon. Sure, I mean, no, nobody right, would have so. produced. Yeah, like Snapchat was way after. Right I mean, I'm not saying right? that no one can do it. I'm just saying yeah. I understand when someone yeah. says, an, "Okay, it, don't act like yeah. it's just as easy as, hey, I have a, a great idea to start up a rival, and then overnight they can somehow right. make that a comp- but, competition." But, but that really is the story of American yeah, corporation no, no, no. and business. I mean, uh, it like, is. But I think just think recognizing of, yeah. that it's. It's not, not gonna, easy. It's yeah, not it's easy. not going to happen overnight. Oh, sure. you got to get capital. And but they're using that as an excuse. No one, the people that want to break up these companies are using that as an excuse to say, look, it's just undo. Like, we can't. Right. Like, it's right. locked well, yeah, in. It'll always it be this way. But uh, IBM, I always use that example. No one would have thought of un- dethroning IBM. No yeah, one. Nobody thought of, uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't have conceived of dethroning MySpace. MySpace. Right. And Facebook <laughs> yeah. destroyed MySpace in about a month. Yeah. 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 It was unbelievable yeah. how fast. Fa- especially on the internet. They fall so fast. I mean, yeah. even Facebook, you look at the demographics of Facebook, and oh. it's like, they're not going the right direction. Like, that's not, you know, and Zuckerberg's smart enough to know that. It's why he bought Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? I mean, like, and many other things, you know. I mean, Young people don't use Facebook. My kids laugh at yeah, Facebook. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. When me and my wife are on it scanning through, they're like, oh, my gosh, the old people. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I, I think Facebook is screwed. It's become I think they're going down. MySpace now to the young kids, yeah. to, to the youth. Mm-hmm. It's MySpace. Mm-hmm. All these things have had, all, I mean, all these big companies like this have had their moment of competition. It's really hard to stop it. You know, eventually someone comes up with some cool thing and they're able to take it, you know, whatever you have away. It's not protected. And I think that that, that it feels like this, like I was talking to somebody about this about Uber the other day. And I'm like, well, like, you know, you have to put regulations on Uber because Uber's, you know, they're so big and no one can compete with Uber. And it's like, first of all, Lyft is already competing with Uber. Like, that's already like a thing. And yes, Uber's bigger, but, you know, Lyft came in and they, they're doing things a totally different way. There's about five or six other ones that are, you know, smaller and regional. But if, if one of them gets the right formula, they'll take off too. And you know what? In five years or 10 years, there's going to be, who knows, it might be Uber, but it also might be another company that's doing it all automated that comes over and, and slams all them and gets rid of them. Like, I, there's no guarantees here. You know? Or uh, we could have a Democrat that gets elected and we just don't have Uber or Lyft anymore because they've just regulated everyone out of existence. That sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds just awesome. Just saying, just throwing it out there. There's four candidates I can sign up If we up can just get the government involved in it, yeah. that'll fix it. Yeah, that'll, that'll help fix it. it. They yeah. fix everything. That'll be great. So well. Um, Pat, before we go, is there a new Star Trek movie coming out? Um, yes, yeah, so, well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is thinking about doing an R-rated Star Trek. He what? Said, yeah, he's, he's going to do a Star Trek. And he said, if he does it, it's going to be R-rated. Because he <laughs> wants them this? to be able to say the F, F word. What? Uh, Star Trek. <laughs> what a that's bizarre that idea. That like, that's that the weird? first place he goes? Yeah. That's the first place Quentin Tarantino always goes, well, is the F word. But, I mean, it's, why would first he be involved in Star, Star Trek? Trek I don't know. Uh, very strange. I guess he is a fan. Mm. Yeah. And there's money to be made. 
you know. Um, I think like the Star, the Star Trek thing has worked pretty well, though. This new generation of it, like I think like those movies yeah, are pretty good. Yeah, but, but what it needs more of is the F word. Is the F word, and I I think it needs uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Captain Kirk. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Scotty, we need more. Mother effing power! <laughs> <laughs> so this is not, it's not uh, close to being a confirmed thing. No, this he hasn't. An idea. Even, I mean, he hasn't picked a cast or. Okay. It's really but it is like legitimately he's involved he is, in it. He it's is not involved just him using. In, no, he's, he's talking about doing it. Wow. So. And then, but then you couldn't go see it, right? No, I could not. Until it came out on. Until, it, yeah, it's on demand and I could put it on VidAngel. Then I could. VidAngel. Take out the mother effing parts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll: Should the USA women's soccer team be paid the same as the USA men's soccer team? Sixty-five percent of you said no. No, they should be a lot more. Thirty-five percent <laughs> said yes. Uh-huh. Um, it's an interesting breakdown. I would have thought the that there would be more no's. The men's soccer team didn't even make the World Cup. Right. Mm. Women are probably going to win it. Yeah, that's it's kind of a, that's a weird situation. Although I wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, U.S. men make more money for the program than right, women which is do. the only right. measure which is, when it comes down to what they're exactly. paid that makes yeah. any difference. But still, like, it might be. I, I, women's soccer, I feel like, is pretty big. You know, it's, yeah. You know, you I mean, know, for soccer, I mean, it's well, a communist sport to begin with. Yes, it just so, comes down but, to how many people are watching and how many advertisers mm-hmm. they have. Yeah, if right. it's more, then they get paid more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, all right, today's poll, who should replace? We didn't even talk about this. Sarah Huckabee Sanders mm. is stepping down as press secretary uh, for the White House. Who should replace Sarah Huckabee Sanders as press secretary? I don't have, I didn't, they didn't give me the options on this part, so I don't know what the options are. But you can find out what the options are if you go to the Blazes' Twitter and take the poll. I don't even have... I heard there's, there's some underling that's already working in the comms department that I heard is going to take it. But, I mean, I don't care either. I mean, no, Sarah, I, we, we, we saw Sarah Huckabee's face, like, what, three times in the last year? Like, yeah. she's yeah. never out there anymore. I don't even have a preference. 95 days, I think, yeah. in a row without yeah. a press conference. Right. I mean, it's not even a factor it's gotta be a record. in our lives, which, by the way, I feel is a good positive development. Yeah, I'm glad we're not hearing press conferences. A, I don't have a preference. B, that, like, I don't think that you could pay me enough money to take that job. Oh, God. That would be a hard job. Terrible. Terrible I mean, it, job. it must age you substantially. Where does Kimberly Guilfoyle wants the job? You know, formerly of Fox. Yeah. yeah. She's and a, she's not on Fox anymore, state, so she, maybe oh, she'd she's, be interested. She's like almost family now. Yeah, yeah right? she's, she's dating Donald dating Trump Dating Don Jr., Jr., right? I feel like that might make for some awkward... Although yeah. that's, Trump winners. does not mind those things. Mm-mm. It's true. Yeah. But if she that. failed, that could be bad. Yeah. Like if she was really bad at the job somehow. It'd be awkward. Oh, I don't know if she's on the list, but I'm going to hold out for Hope, bringing Hope Hicks back into the administration. Just because I'd not. like to see her when a day, like two, tw- two times a day. Uh, press conference two times a day. Uh, I, I really hope is, enjoy she's that. Very, I mean, people wreck on her all the time. She's really super smart, but she does not like the limelight. Like, she's yeah. not looking for a spotlight. That is not what Hope... Hope does everything Sorry, she Jason. can to stay out of the spotlight. Oh, so. she, yeah, she hates it. You can tell when she's all dressed up to the nines every speak. time she walks up. Because she wants to look presentable <laughs> right. when she, she goes to, out. I say she wants to look like a slob. presentable. Yeah, she looks great, but I mean... That's a good way to put it. She has not seen her non-presentable. Presentable. I will say this: every picture you've ever seen of Hope is is a picture that a journalist like came out and found her and took it. Like she does not go out in front. Of, it's not her thing at all. She does not like doing that. Um, so I, that will not happen, unfortunately. Well, maybe Jason. I'll maybe, start a hashtag. Maybe, <laughs> she, but maybe instead she will protest not having the job. You know, I'm that. all about the protest. You'll prefer yeah. that. Uh, let us know what you think at the Blazes Twitter. We'll see you Monday. What if they give her the job, but she has to wear sweatpants for every just sweatpants and like loose sweatshirts? <laughs> I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.